The man in our gospel lesson today, he was a planner. When I look around this sanctuary, I think that a lot of us here today can probably relate. This man didn't like any surprises coming at him in his life. He was serious about everything that he endeavored to take on. He was a planner from a very early age. And this type of provision, it led him to be wealthy. At a time, wealthy and financially secure at a time when most people his age were just starting out in life. I meet with a lot of students that come to Purdue who are planners. A lot of our students knew that they were going to come to Purdue at a very early age. A lot of our students, a lot of you worked very hard to get noticed and to get accepted at college. Not only did you work hard then, you work hard now. You get stressed out when things aren't going right because you're thinking ahead to those you're thinking ahead to those uh, uh, interviews that are coming up. You have your future planned out and you don't want things to get knocked off of kilter. In Bible study this week, one student said, there is a lot of pressure at college to make sure that you're not going to mess up the rest of your life. You don't want to have a bad exam. You don't want to fall behind the rest of your students. You don't want to be the one who doesn't get an internship or who doesn't get that interview. You want to get the grades to get the job that pays for the life that you've been planning for since you were a young woman, a young man. If you have this type of personality, it will not leave you. If you are a planner in your youth, you will be a planner in the nursing home. Trust me, I'm not in the nursing home, but I visit people in them. <laughs> I knew one person in the nursing home, nursing home who was a particularly uh, a, a person who was a particularly detailed planner in every step of his life. I knew that this person was a planner from a very early age. And I knew that he liked to have everything planned outside of his control was an impossibility. <laughs> I mean, everything had to be under the control of this person. He wanted to be able to predict, predict all the angles of his life. He did not want to get caught off guard by anything. Now you may be thinking, if you're like me, that you can't relate to this. <laughs> you may identify yourself as a more of a go-with-the-flow type of person. Well, you may be. But I know that there is something in your life that you want to have a sense of control over. Everyone has something in their life that has to be in its proper place. I've never been a type of person who really plans things out. But 
I do have something that I want control over. My one thing that I want control over is my image. I want people to like me. And I know for this generation, this is a very important thing on social media. I get so stressed out about image, I can't even go on social media. That's the truth. It stresses me out. Now this is an impossible thing to control, but I will get stressed out about situations where I am disrespected, where I am disliked, whether or where I'm ignored. That has always been my thing. I'm saying this to point out that there are things in this life that we have to have in order if we are going to feel okay. For the man in our gospel, it was planning for the future. He felt secure when he had control. He didn't really leave anything to chance And he didn't really trust anyone else to take care of him. He was going to take care of himself. Me, I feel okay if my kids listen to me, if my wife respects me, and the people I know speak well of me. That's when I feel okay. For you, it may be something else, but you got to have it. If you're going to feel okay. Well, the man in our gospel, as I said, he liked to plan. He not only planned for this life, he spent his whole life planning for the life to come. You see, this man, he believed in God. He believed in the Ten Commandments. And he was what we would call today a Christian. He believed that God promised a Messiah and he believed that this Jesus was the one who God had promised. But there was a problem with this man's thought of the afterlife. He didn't feel like he had it locked down. He wasn't quite sure if he was going to be in heaven or not and this bothered him to no end. Ever since he was a young man, he believed that God wanted him to keep the Ten Commandments. And he tried his best to keep them. If he didn't keep them, I'm sure that this guy went to temple in order to make a sacrifice so that he could pay for his sin. But with all of that said, he just didn't feel like he had the afterlife secured. And even as a young man, probably at the same age as a lot of the young men and women here today, this bothered him. It was very important for him to get his wealth in order to make sure that this life was taken care of. And it was also very important for him to do what he needed to do to be in heaven. This leads us to our gospel today. Our rich young man had heard about Jesus. And he believed that he was the Messiah. 
And if this was true, then Jesus could help him. For the one who was sent by God would be able to tell him what God had to say about actually getting eternal life. So as Jesus was setting out on his journey, our young man ran up and knelt before Jesus and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Notice he was direct. He was to the point. He knew that Jesus was a busy man. And he just needed Jesus to give him the steps and he would take care of the rest. Our rich young man was very good at following directions. And he was also very respectful of other people's time. He was a busy man himself. He knew how precious time was. And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. You see what Jesus does here? He gives the young man the second table of the law. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man had always been careful to work honestly. His business, whatever it was, was going to be built up around honest principles. You may be saying to yourself, I'm a Christian. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do the work of an honest Christian. I'm not going to get caught up in putting people down. He adhered to these things. Yet he was bothered by this answer because he did these things. He did these things and yet deep down he still didn't feel like heaven was his. He said to Jesus, but teacher, all these things I've done since my youth. I've always wanted to do this. I've wanted to work hard at this. He said said this as if, if to say, even though I kept these commandments, I know something's missing. You don't notice that when Jesus said this, he didn't say, yes, I thought so. How about you? Are you missing something? Maybe you're not thinking about eternity. Maybe you don't think about eternity hardly ever. But you feel like something's missing right here, right now. You go to church, you try hard in class, you try to be a nice person, but something is not right and you can feel it. You don't have the peace that the pastor talks about. You just feel like something isn't right. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, you lack one thing. I love this painting at this verse. You lack one thing, go sell all that you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me.
Can you imagine how this young man would have felt? He had worked hard to make sure that his future was secure, and this Jesus was asking him to give it all up. But I I worked hard to make sure that there would be no surprises. I did all I could to take care of myself. It actually, Jesus, if you're paying attention, it actually helped me to help others in so many ways. What would I do if I didn't have my stuff? How would I live if I didn't have my pension? You know, there was a lot of ELCA pastors that had to ask that question. A couple years ago, I, I don't know how many years ago now, I guess uh, around 2009 or 2010, uh, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America uh, changed the definition of, mar- of marriage. And there were ELCA pastors who had to ask the question, do I believe what God's word says? Or do I, and does that mean that I have to give up my pension? Some of them gave up retirement over the word of God. So this question has been asked of people. Sins. How would things turn out for me if I give up my retirement savings? I can't do that. How can anyone do that? Our young man saw the love in Jesus' eyes. And he could tell that Jesus was right. And he just couldn't do what Jesus asked. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This is really sad. One thing that saddens me is that Jesus didn't try to stop him. Jesus didn't run to him and say, Young man, you can't earn heaven. Why didn't he say that? Why didn't he say, actually, all you need to do in order to get to heaven is to believe in God and believe in the one he has sent. Believe in me. Believe in me and you will have eternal life. Why didn't he say that? He said that in other places. No, he gives the guy the law when the guy's asking. He doesn't even know it, but he's asking for the gospel. Why didn't Jesus say what we know as Lutherans to be true? The reason is because the law didn't yet drive this young man to despair. He had sin in his life that he didn't want to get rid of. He needed to be in control and he didn't want God to take it from him. 
Is there sin in your life that you don't want God to take from you? Sin leads a person away from Jesus. If you can't confess it, you don't, you, you're saying, I don't need forgiveness for it. Sin leads a person away from Jesus just as it did this young man. Now it is one thing, it is one thing, if you are confessing your sin and you desire God to change you. Lord, I do this over and over and over again. Create in me a clean heart. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Cast me not away from your presence and take this sin from me. Rescue me from it. If you confess the common confession asking that Jesus would take this away from you, you are being saved. And you will be free indeed. That's a promise from Jesus. But if, when you confess the common confession, ignoring that thing that you need for comfort, that thing that has become your God, then you really don't want to be freed from it. The crazy thing about our rich young man is that he worked so hard to have what we would call the American dream. But this accomplishment, it became his idol, and it was his God, causing him to break the first commandment. Are your dreams, are your goals more important than being with Jesus? Are you looking for security in the things of this world over and above the security that comes from being washed with water and the word? By Jesus in baptism? I know the answer. The answer is yes. And we want to confess it. Do you trust more in the stuff that, that in the stuff that you have than the body and blood that is given and shed for the forgiveness of your sin? What can you do without more easily? The body of blood of Christ in the supper or your tech? Interesting questions. Rescue us from this, Lord Jesus. Unlike the man in our gospel today, most of us understand that there is absolutely nothing that we can do to get eternal life. Eternal life, we know as Lutherans, and, and, and as Christians in, in America today, we understand eternal life is a gift from God that comes from the shed blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of all of our sins. And most of us assent to this as common knowledge. We know you can't earn heaven. But I, would, I attest, though, that when we run to the things of this world for this security that only God can give, then I would argue that we suffer from the same sin that this rich young man struggled with. If your security is in having control, you have a sin problem. 
If you think being liked, if you think being liked is more important than being truthful with your friends about your faith in Christ, you have a sin problem. If you have something in your life that you would feel ruined or lost without, you have a sin problem. Trust me, all of us have a sin problem that needs to be taken care of by Jesus. Don't walk away disheartened. Don't make any pledge of obedience to God. Don't say, got it. I'm going to do it. Because you won't. Don't try and show Jesus how you've kept all the commandments. Don't hide from him where you haven't. Confess your sin. Admit your need for the love of God that is known in Christ Jesus. And then he, he alone will sanctify you in the truth. His word is truth. And then because of what Jesus did and does, in spite of what, in spite of what you did and do. Let me say that one more time. Then, then, because of what Jesus did and does, in spite of what you did and do, you will have eternal life. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.